This is Orson Welles on the Air, featuring the old-time radio performances of the legendary Orson Welles. Welcome back to Orson Welles on the Air. We've got more from the lives of Harry Lyme for you this time. We'll hear his episode from November 30th, 1951, titled, Three Farthings for Your Thoughts. Presenting Orson Welles as The Third Man. The Lives of Harry Lyme. The fabulous stories of the immortal character, originally created in the motion picture The Third Man, with zither music by Anton Karras. the shot that killed Harry Lyme. He died in a sewer beneath Vienna. As those of you know who saw the movie The Third Man, yes, that was the end of Harry Lyme. But it was not the beginning. No. He had many lives. And I can tell you about all of them. How? Because my name is Harry Lyme. I have in my hand here a farthing. This is the smallest of small coins. In England, which is where they come from, a farthing won't buy you the second section of day before yesterday's newspaper. In fact, you could hardly describe a farthing as money at all. Once upon a time, however, there was a farthing that was worth 20,000 pounds. It happened this way. You see, I have a girlfriend, beautiful and mad as the moon, called Lady Fortune. We're on fairly intimate terms, the lady and I. I know her by her maiden name, Miss Fortune. She had a lot to do with the particular farthing I've been talking about. I haven't forgiven her yet, but I think it's mutual. Stick around if you're interested. I'll tell you about it. Orson Welles as Harry Lyme, the third man in Three Farthings for Your Thought. Well, here I was in Liverpool, sitting in a pub, which is English for bar or grill or saloon to you, having myself a drink and mulling over a few little business possibilities. A young woman was talking, rather arguing with the bartender. She seemed familiar, and he seemed annoyed, brushed her aside. 
Then she drew a gun from her purse, and I started to be a good deal more interested. Everybody! Everybody! Your hands up! Empty your pockets and put the money on this table. Step forward quickly. Come on, one at a time. All right. Here you are. A bad test here for robbing the poor. No, you can keep the paper money. All I want are the coins. What do you mean? Can I keep the poem? I said only the coins. Oh, thank you, ma'am. Bartender, empty your cash register. You'll be sorry, lady. You'll be sorrier if you don't do as I say. There it is. You're next, mister. Oh, yes, indeed. I'll be glad to contribute. If anyone tries to follow me, I'll shoot him. Stay where you are. None of you were really robbed. Just a few coins. Hit that woman's daft. Come in here asking me to give her all the farthings. I told her she was crazy and she gave me the gun. The things that go on in this pub, I could write a book. I could. I don't know what this world's coming to. We used to have fine upstanding robberies. I know even the crooks are neurotic. How much do I owe you, bartender? Five bob. Here you are. I've no change. I'll roll them for double or nothing. All right. Here are the cubes. Anything over seven, you win. Okay. Hmm, number seems to be 12. Thank you for your hospitality, and good evening to you all. As I walked out of the pub, I suddenly remembered who that woman was. Bill Barrett's wife, Helen. Barrett was just sent up for a long stretch in prison. He'd robbed a bank and gotten away with a big haul. Twenty thousand pounds, I think it was. Never did find the money. There was nothing crazy about Helen. She was up to something. I felt that I ought to be a participant. I called up a friend got her address. Who's there? It's all right. It's Harry. Harry? I don't know you. I'm a friend of Bill's. I don't know you. Harry Lyme. You didn't recognize me at the pub, Helen? Yes, I saw you there. Well, what are you up to? Nothing. Collecting farthings to while away the time while Bill's in prison? It's really none of your business. Oh? You'll never get the money back if you try to do this yourself. How do you know it has to do with money? Look, Helen, you need help. Cut me in for a, a quarter and I'll do the work for you. Well, uh, I don't know. Suit yourself, I have another deal. I don't know whether Bill would like He's me. in jail. Can't do anything. I'm out here free as a bird. You're talking to the most experienced and clever man in the business. Yes or no? All right. Okay. Now brief me on this farthing kick. Well, Bill sent me a letter with a couple of farthings in it. Hmm. It's a puzzle to me. Here's the letter. Go and you read it. Dearest Helen, here are three farthings which I promised sweet little Daphne... Please tell Uncle Ned to write me. I love you and wait eagerly for you to visit me. Love, Bill. P.S. Yesterday I wrote a new arrangement for the orchestra. We played some of Beethoven's piano pieces. We've no niece named Daphne. Where are the three farthings? There were only two in the letter. Well, where, are they, where are the two? The maid who worked for me stole my purse with all my coins. I traced her to the pub. Did you get I any thought of the... they might be in the till or someone's pocket, you know, given an exchange. Yes, but did you get any of the farthings back? No. What about the other part of the letter, about Beethoven, the orchestra? I don't think it means anything. You know Bill used to be a composer before he went into yeah. the business. Where's the maid live? I don't know. She doesn't live at the address she gave me, but 
I traced her to the pub. The bartender knows her. Her name's Lily. The coins are probably a clue to where the money's hidden. He only sent you two of the three coins. That's, that's very queer. Helen, I'll be back in a few hours. So just one more thing. What happened to his partner in the, the bank robbery? You mean Johnny Baxter? Yes. He's been here a couple of times threatening me, wanting to know where the money's hidden. Well, that's good. Doesn't know where it is either. I'm sure Bill isn't going to let him know. He sure isn't. They hate each other. Baxter is a dirty double-crosser. Sure, sure, I know him. Can't be trusted. Where are you going? Well, I've just developed a new hobby, Helen, old girl. There's a wonderful big word for it. Numismatics, I think. It means a collector of coins. I'm going out collecting coins. See you soon. Before I went to look up Lily, the thieving maid, I paid a visit to prison. Now, I have an instinctive dislike for this barbaric social institution, but business is business. Since they didn't know me in Liverpool, I wouldn't have any trouble. You say you're from the Overland Bank Insurance, Mr. Lyon. Yes, Governor. I wonder if I may see Mr. Barrett. Why? We insure the bank for robberies, you know, and just a few formal questions for our record are necessary. Sorry, but I, I don't think it's possible. Well, I've been an investigator for many years. This is the first time I've ever, ever been denied. You are not being denied communication with the prisoner. I don't understand. You'll understand all right, Mr. Lyme, when I tell you William Barrett has escaped. Escaped? Just about an hour ago. Well, well I must say this is a rather slipshod way of running a penal institution. Harry, have you heard? Yes, police are all over the place. The bartender will tell you where to reach me. I understand. Barrett would be sure to be in hiding for several weeks. It was my fondest hope to recover the bank money long before then. In my arithmetic, one quarter of 20,000 is uh, 20,000. I went back to the pub and spoke to the bartender. Ten pound note, and he was my friend for life. I still might need Helen, so I gave him my hotel address. He also told me where I could find Lily, the housemaid. She was quite a wench, nice and blonde and very frightened. She didn't look a bit like a housemaid. The room was richly furnished, and she was dressed in an extremely elegant red silk robe. There must be some mistake. You are Lily Judson? Uh, that's my name. You work for a Mrs. Barrett? Mrs. Barrett? Yes, that's what I said. Oh, uh, yes. She's someone I met. You were her housemaid? Yes. How do you manage to keep up a place like this on the salary of a housemaid? It's a friend's apartment. Don't you mean John Baxter? I had nothing to do with the robbery, believe he me. He sent you to work for Mrs. Barrett. You read the letter and stole the farthings. Give me your handbag. There's nothing in Give there. Give it to me. Ah, what have we here? Lipstick, compact, perfume. It is. It's a farthing. Now, where's the other? Mrs. Barrett must still have the other. Lily, for once I think you're telling the truth. I'm going to let you go, Lily. You're just lucky I have a weakness for blondes. I hurried out, the farthing in my pocket. 
was late now, and I wanted to get out of that neighborhood and fast. It was deserted, no cabin sights. I knew I was being tailed. I turned a corner and caught a quick flash of two men. I quickly threw the farthing in a garbage can. And I tried to make a run for it. It's no good struggling, Lime. We've got you. All right, Lime, give it up. All right. What's up, boys? Where's the farthing? I threw it away. You threw it away, eh? All right. Now, where is it? Mm. You know, you fellas can be arrested for assault. Empty your pockets. Okay, okay. You see? A couple of halfpennies, half crown and a shilling. Yeah, he's hiding it. Let's take him in this hallway where we can search him. No, no, wait Bring a minute. Him by the shoulders. No, just a minute. Just wait. a minute, nothing. Give him a taste of the blackjack belt. We've got work to do. But, but now... Orson Welles returns in just a moment as the third man. Orson Welles, as the third man continues. I came to about an hour later in a dark, dank hallway off the street. My clothes were all ripped up and strewn about. I staggered to my feet, got into my clothes, and then went out to find the garbage can where I'd thrown the farthing. And I found it. Lying on a discarded newspaper, put it in my pocket, went back to my hotel. Helen. I've been waiting here for two hours. Oh, I ran into a, a few people who detained me, as you can see here, don't you? <laughs> What's the matter with you? <laughs> What's wrong, Helen? I found Bill. Where? Near the waterfront. Oh, that's too bad. I'll have a couple of years to a sentence. <laughs> they can't do anything to him anymore. What do you mean? He, he was shot in the chest. Dead? Yes. It's too bad, honey. It settles our partnership. You're quitting? Yes, that's what I'm doing. Why? Well, they'll suspect me as soon as the police find I'm not an insurance investigator. I don't know what you mean. I'm getting out of Liverpool, Helen. I've got to. You're going to leave me? I'm going to leave you, yes. You can say that again. Oh, I lied to you, Harry. Okay, you lied to me. Now, if you don't mind, I'm going to change my clothes and catch a plane to London. Uh, did, did you find the other father? Yes, I managed to get it and keep it. I have the other one. I know. I, I, I didn't trust you. But now that Bill's gone... You're willing to go half with me? Yes, Harry. 
Uh, but, Helen, you forget. Uh, I've resigned from this partnership. <gasps> Here is the farthing. Hmm. Nothing very unusual about it, except that two numbers of the date in 1941 are scratched. That nine and the four, see? That's right. No. I would never have noticed it. Let's take a look at my farthing. Nothing on this side. On the obverse, the tail of the bird is scratched. Also, two letters in farthing, the A and the R. Put them together, and it's Taylor. Taylor, that's oh. it. 94 Taylor, 94 Taylor Street. Oh, if we only had the missing coin. Oh, we have the address. Uh, maybe we could take a quick look at it. There's no plane leaving until tomorrow anyway. Well, it might be worth a try. Uh, the money's in the house. Know anyone at that address? Well, it sounds familiar. Think hard. I... I... I can't remember. Well, there's nothing to do but pay a visit to 94 Taylor Street. Two farthings could just possibly add up to 20,000 pounds. Stop here, driver. Okay. Okay, Helen. Here you are. This isn't 94. Mm, I know. I'd rather walk up to it slowly. Very dark. Mm, the darker the better. Yeah, I don't remember this street. Maybe we figured it wrong. Mm, maybe, maybe. Look, if you want to go home, Helen, after all, you've had a very tough day. I'll take my chances. You don't trust me, huh? I didn't mean that. If we get the money, we we can go off to Italy or some place. I'm afraid that wouldn't be such a very, very good idea. Why? You don't like me? Helen, how can you say that? I liked you from the first, but it'd be very unhealthy for you and I to be traveling together. Don't forget you have to be the wife of a murdered prisoner. Here we are. You recognize the house? No. The number's familiar, but Bill operated from a number of places which he talked about, but I, I never saw mm. Single family dwelling, well-to-do people, I'd think. Yeah. The windows are boarded up. No one seems to be living in the well, house. That's all to the good. How are we going to get in? I have a couple of skeleton keys, very handy things to carry around. You keep a sharp watch while I work on the door. Hmm? Oh, hurry. Helen, why don't you go home? I'll get in touch with you. I'm staying with you. Okay. Well, I'm going to have trouble with this door. Wait! What's the matter? thought I heard someone inside. I don't hear anything. Oh, it must have been my imagination. Kid, this isn't a profession for imaginative people. Oh, I'm sorry, Harry. <clears throat> I got it. No. Here's the flashlight. Here. Walk on your full tread. Heel and toe. Don't tiptoe. I am. Well, close the door softly. Looks like it's deserted. The dust and... I have a queer feeling about this place. This seems to be the drawing room. Mm. Here's the light switch. Stay where you are. <gasps> Sorry to have busted in on you. I... Johnny! We're in the wrong house. That's the... And your little blonde housemaid. Well, we're all together now. Stand up against that wall. 
Both of you. As you say, Baxter. You killed Bill. Against the wall, Helen. You'll hang for this, you will. You do as I say or you'll join your double-crossing husband. Now, look here, we haven't got the money. You might as well let us go. If you make another move, I'll kill you. Don't bother, old man. I'm not moving. Now. Now, tell me where it's hidden. I wish I could, but I, I don't know. I don't believe you. That's the trouble with people in our line of business. Nobody believes anybody else. Come on, come on. Where is it? Believe me, I don't know. We came here to find it. How did you know it was here? The address on was on the problem. farthings. All right. All right, then. Let me have the coins. I haven't got them. Helen has. Get her first. Right. That's right. Now open it. Here they are. Hmm. Where's the third farthing? Bill never sent it. You're lying. He never did. I swear it. I want the third coin. I'm leaving, Baxter. I don't have. I'm going to give you one minute in which to hand over the missing farthing. Just one minute. <laughs> bad look. He's just one of those unpleasant people that gives our trade such a bad name. He meant what he said about killing us. No doubt about that. He said one minute, and he, he meant one minute. I had to do something. I get myself shot. My back was against the wall, my left shoulder against the light switch. A quick movement with that shoulder, and I switched off the lights. He fired. I ducked at the same time. I came at him from the side and threw him down. He fired again. That one mussed up my hair. I seized his arm with one hand and grabbed his ear with the other and tried to pull it off. He kicked at me rather viciously and nearly broke one of my ribs. I lost my hold on his ear and just managed to get his hair. I pulled his head back and banged it against the floor. I had hopes that by the eighth or ninth bang, he'd get discouraged and give up. He didn't. I let go and smashed him on the jaw. His body relaxed for a minute. I seized the gun and jabbed it into his head. Like a good sport, he gave up the struggle. Don't you... Turn the light on, Helen. Now it's your turn to stand against the wall. You too, Lily. You're not going to shoot at you. Just keep your hands up and maybe I won't. Maybe... Maybe you and I... We can work out... Whose house is this? No one lives here anymore. Used to belong to one of Bill's friends. We... We bought the property. We used it in our deals. He was a composer, just like Bill. I suppose so. All them music records... Yeah... One whole wall was completely covered with bins for music records. I ran my eye across it and remembered the letter, the letter that Bill wrote to his wife when he sent her the two farthings. He mentioned something about Beethoven piano pieces. And then it hit me. I remembered Beethoven wrote a piano piece called Fury Over a Lost Farthing. And that's where it was, in the music of Beethoven's piano sonatas. Of course, the lost farthing. I walked over to the record bins, and then another thing hit me. The police. Again, the police. I was too late. The shots had aroused the neighborhood, naturally. Someone had phoned the cops. Too late. Mr. Lyme, get aboard. Yes, sir. If ever you set foot in England, Mr. Lyme, we'll throw you in prison on sight. 
Well, I shall make every effort, sir, to have my good name cleared. In the meantime, you're being deported. Well, I helped capture a notorious criminal. This is my reward. It just goes to prove what I've always said. Franklin was wrong. Franklin? What Franklin? Uh, one of my countrymen officers. First name was Ben. He used to say that honesty is the best policy. Well, if it pleases you to joke... It doesn't please me, officer, and believe me, I'm not laughing. Not a farthing's worth. Goodbye now. You'll hear from me, officer. I'll send you a postcard. Harry Lyme returns in just a moment. Rather abruptly, the affair of the three farthings came to an end. I had time on the boat to think it over, it being a fairly long voyage with no passengers who cared to play games of chance with a stranger. I went over my books and couldn't find much of anything that wasn't pretty well in the red. My investments were as follows. Beaten up badly once, beaten mildly once, once nearly murdered. Also one flannel suit, practically new, damaged beyond repair. My assets, as I say, were very vague. More conservative businessmen than I put their profits in a bank. My money was in an album of Beethoven records. Of course, I have every hope of getting my money back. Oh, yes, indeed. Some fine day, your Uncle Harry will get back into England by hook or crook. Probably the latter. And then he'll go up to Mr. Beethoven and say, My money, please. I want to make a withdrawal. Yes, friends, you can write down the whole farthing deal as my unfinished symphony.
That's the show for this week. If you want to hear more from Orson Welles, more from Harry Lyme, or any other type of old-time radio, just visit relicradio.com. You'll find the shows listed there on the front page, alongside links to our Shoutcast stream and donate button. Thanks to those who have donated. Your support makes this all possible. Thanks for joining me today. Talk to you again soon with another episode of Orson Welles on the Air. Orson Welles on the Air is produced by and for relicradio.com. Rebroadcast of this show without permission is strictly prohibited. <laughs>